All right, so is uh, is Chef Todd ready? Thank you. Let's let's go ahead and bring him in. This man, Chef Todd Hall, he's got a very interesting story to his life, and I'd like to talk more about that than his restaurant venture, which I would like to cover because I liked City Fish. It was a good place for brunch, the booziest brunch you'd ever booze upon, like unlimited uh, mojitos and margaritas and sangria and, and mimosas and all that stuff, Bloody Marys. The food was okay, and let's all be honest here. Wait, he, that was his restaurant? I don't think so. Oh, I thought you were okay. No, no, I think he's got the new place. Oh, okay. I don't think he had City Fish. Oh, they're taking the place of the of yeah. City. Oh, yeah. I thought he was behind it, and you were going to tell him his food was lackluster. No, no, I would never do that. I would just lie and go, man, this is magnificent. So if I use the word magnificent, you guys know what I okay. mean. Uh, no, no, this, this is a brand new restaurant called <clears throat> Four Years of High School Spanish. Suegra Tequila Cantina. And it's going to open in Tampa sometime during the spring. I don't know if you guys are familiar with restaurant openings, but you you pick a date like March 4th, and then you know, it's June 16th, and people are still waiting for your open door. So sometime in spring in Oldsmar, Florida, which I absolutely love, you'll be seeing this restaurant that features gourmet Mexican fare, showcase a highly anticipated tequila bar with an array of 200 tequilas and mezcals, and it's going to be on uh, Tampa Road in Oldsmar. Now, now, Chef Todd has an interesting past. Uh, it involves... Tragedy, addiction, recovery, and most important part, uh, the comeback. People love to root for an underdog, I think. People love it when you have a success story that is attached to it, some sort of struggle. For, for me, I did not appreciate my radio career until I had to spend three years out of radio and, uh, and, and then make my way back to the microphone so that I could host this show. Not that I ever... Well, I think I did kind of take it for granted because when you've been working in radio for a while, you tend to lose track of how real jobs go down, how real people don't love their jobs and they work for some douche, etc. cetera. Uh, I learned all that when I went out of radio for three years. So coming back into it gave me a renewed appreciation uh, for what I do. So like I was saying, I, I like a, a struggle story and I like a happy ending, not just in the massage parlor. And Chef Todd Hall joins us right now. Uh, he is uh, El Jefe, if you will, at Suegra Tequila Cantina in Tampa. What's up, dude? It's good to see you. Hey, it's good to see you, man. How's it going? Good, good. I met you last week on the uh, set of Daytime, the uh, the show that I tape every Wednesday that airs every Friday morning on WFLA. Chef Todd and I were filming a game segment that, that I, I didn't watch it, but I'm sure it went off well. We uh, cheated awesome. We, we were co-cheaters. We did. Uh, there was some stupid movie game. How? Tell me about this idea for a game, okay? I love it. I, I'm just a guest on their show. I'm not a producer, but you would, if you were a producer, I think you could get with these guys and tweak it a little All bit. All right. The game was, one of their producers, Ben, is bad at describing movies. So he describes a movie in his own horrible way, and the team of Chef Todd, Drew Garabo, and Jerry Penicoli go up against the girls' team, Cindy Edwards and, and two other ladies. Oh, my God. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> so it was a lengthy segment. Uh, and uh, Did you and- win? We won. We won. We, yeah. I cheated. I, 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 cheated, I, I was whispering won. the movie names into Todd's ear when it was his turn. Okay. I was just telling him, hey, look, that's uh, The Village, but I'm not trying to lie. He said, The Village. And so nobody caught us. So then, uh, you know, I'm a Patriots fan. Um, so, okay. So tell us uh, tell us your, your story of, uh, of the rise and fall of Todd Hall and how the path led you to uh, being poised to open up Suegra Tequila Cantina in Tampa. Wow. That's yeah. a uh, like the the two minute version if you have yeah, one. Yeah, I was gonna say it's gonna take a few take a few right. shows. Basically, I started my apprenticeship at the age of fifteen in the summer of my ninth grade. Gotcha. I did really well, worked really hard, got some great jobs, was a chef of some really 
great restaurants at a very young age. Okay. Then I started getting all these awards. Then I started believing I was as good as cool as everyone was telling me. Dangerous. Um, and for years, I mean, I grew up in the 80s. I graduated in 1980. Yeah. We did coke recreationally. We yeah. smoked weed like every day. Yeah. I, I seriously, I can't... Any meal that I have ever had awards for back in that period of time, I was stoned when I created it. Absolutely. As well you should so, be. Kids out there, <laughs> weed makes you creative. What would you like more, cocaine or weed? Uh, of course, coke. Oh, really? Yeah, see, yeah. coke users, yeah. they love the coke more. They lose the love for the well, weed. Well, you can work all day long and you're never tired. <laughs> Did you ever put coke on your weed? Well, here's, no, no, man. Here's, here's what they don't ever tell you. You know, when I grew up in 60s and 70s, they have the commercials, here's your drugs, here's mm -hmm. your drugs on brain. Mm. Oh, wait, it's, here's your brain on drugs. We know what you mean. Whatever. <laughs> they don't ever tell you drugs are fun. Yeah. Drugs are really fun. No, they're not going to tell you that. So they if they, had, creative, just, if and they had been straight up at a young age and said, listen, you're going to love this, and you're going to love it too much, and it's going to it's gonna mess your life up, so you right. really need to be careful. Right. They don't. They, no. they, so when you start doing drugs, you say, they lied to me. This is fun. I'm fine. I'm sure. going to work. I'm doing great. Yeah. I'm making tons of money. I'm right. all famous. Working 18 hour shifts, staying up yeah. all the time. Dude, I just fed Oliver Stone tonight. Yeah. I'm awesome. That's what happened. Okay. And a recreational thing turns into, you know, I'll do it on Friday nights if I have the next two days off, or I'll do it like that. Then you just start saying, oh, I can get a little. I'm a little tired. Right. And you start this whole thing in your internal dialogue, justifying it until, hell, you're at 3 a.m. and you're at an ATM. Yeah. you got to have more. The, now, the that's the thing about weed. I've never been to an ATM at 3 in the morning trying to get some more weed. Uh -uh. Uh, and if we have, it's only because of poor planning. <laughs> it's not because you feel like yeah. you need it. It's just, oh, so. damn it, I forgot I got to stop on my way home. No, that's that stuff will jack you up. Right. And I don't mean to minimize the, the seriousness of it, but I don't want to be false either. It's, sure. It's... It was a lifestyle. Yeah. And, and, in, and in the restaurant industry, a lot of people fall into that because you need something to keep you going. This is about, and I, I worked at restaurants yeah. before <laughs> energy drinks and before right. Red Bull and all that. So, yeah, I mean, people did bump skis that would keep them going. And right. uh, so, so when did it when did it all come to a cry? Because you have this career, you're doing it great, you're, uh, you're Michael J. Fox in Bright Lights Big City. And then where does it all come crashing down upon you? Oh, that would have been right at the turn of the century. Okay. And it was. Here, here's the big issue, too. When you're at a five-star resort and you're the executive chef getting all this press, you take them, they used to do 150 grand a month. Now they're doing over a quarter million every month. Right. So they start buying cars for you and saying, come with us on a trip. Sure. And they look the other way. I've had bosses. I had an eight ball in my front pocket. I pull my keys out to open the door to the office, and the eight ball falls on the ground, and he hurries and looks the other way and whistles. Well, whatever you need to keep so, it going. That's it. Right. That's they. That, they're no help. No, they're not. They don't want to lose you. They you're think, in an industry of enablers. You know, and the whistling wasn't necessary. <laughs> <laughs> terrible whistling. I thought I put fun. the sizzles on the steak. Um, <laughs> so they, I had all this encouragement to keep doing what I was doing. Right. But I went from I would go to jobs and then it, I would go nine months without doing anything, just smoking weed and, and cooking and loving what I do. Sure. Then I do coke recreationally for a good three months, and then I just start doing it every day. Right. And then at, when you do cocaine every day, everyone doesn't like you anymore. That's You're correct. not the same person you are. Nope. You're not funny. No one laughs. Your food doesn't taste good. You don't want to cook. You're a jerk. Right. And from what I know about addiction, you're so trapped in your own head that you need that coke so badly that you ignore all those signs. Everything, you your, tell yourself your family, everything's Your friends, cool. people right. love you, and they try to talk to you, and right. you can't hear anything. Right. So 
then boom, then I'd lose my job. When you lose your job, that stops cocaine quick. Can't buy it. Because you can't afford it. Right. Yeah, you can't do it anymore. So then you get all cleaned up, then you go find another job, which was always easy. Sure. And then I would go nine months and then fall into the same thing. Damn. Seriously? You would think that after doing that five or six times that I would have learned? Nah. No. No, man. 20 freaking years. <gasps> yeah, wow. I got shot. I got shot buying crack. You think that oh. would Oh, here stop we go. You? Hold on. What, what, yeah, you got took 338s a point blank. The guy that shot me was in my passenger seat. Oh, sorry. That's all right. It happens. So you got sorry. wrapped up in the moment. No, it's uh, okay. What, what did you, Let's reset. Uh, what did you turn to crack? <laughs> wow, yeah. Uh, so oh, that was later. Was at the end is okay. when we were doing crack. And, well, heck, how long can you do snorting? When right. You can take one hit off the pipe. Like the great philosopher Axel right. Rose said, I used to do a little, but the little wouldn't do it, so the little got more and more. And it wasn't enough to stop me. Right. So... So I you get shot. You, you take three thirty. You would you say three thirty-eight shells? Point blank. Lost half my intestine, half my spleen, and I got shot right here in the underside of my chin. Oh my yeah. god! Did and, you clean and, up after that? Did you say that's it? I can't do drugs anymore. Oh sure, for another nine months. <laughs> oh my exactly. god! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, like, so what's in the taco? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I was getting ready to bite it, and then you no, whipped out the crack. You, you have a wild antelope taco. He's got oh, a what? Really cool. Oh, this is wild antelope. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and there's some carnitas too. I give two a carnitas Thank and you. a wild wow. antelope. Wild antelope, really? Um, yeah. See, I can segue from food right back to coke. That's good. Isn't that funny? I good did it segue. my whole life. Oh, man. No, I I wrote a I went through a lot of different therapy after after a lot of different groups, a lot of different stuff, and and I was able to go longer than nine months. But what did it for me is I said hell this has been going on way too long i need to just write this down right i need to just like chronologically list all the stupid things i have done sure. and all the great things so i wrote my book yep and that was so cathartic it was painful i cried while i was writing it i laughed while i was writing it and i did the best job i possibly could and when you start remembering well here's the thing your past and both reality have a way of catching up to you right and at this point in my life they had caught up to me so I wrote everything down, and I just felt better, and that was that. I was done. Man. I even had some Percocets sitting in the in the cabinet, in the right. medicine cabinet, and I didn't want to do it. So I think that I hadn't dealt with something that happened maybe in my childhood. Who knows sure. where? Trauma. There's so many things I dealt with in the book. Right. I don't know which one it was. We have or maybe all of them. We have uh, Chef Todd Hall in the studio with us. He's opening Suegra Tequila Cantina in Tampa sometime in spring. Don't rush him. He'll, he'll be open as soon as he can, we promise. Uh, so, okay, so you get this book out there. All of these people know your story. How did you prevent yourself? No, I didn't. I put the book in Google Drive. You did. I didn't need it for. I didn't want to tell everyone that. Oh wow. my God, this stuff in the book—it's nuts. It's actually what I did. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, I get profiled a lot because of my career. Sure. So Boston Globe, the Phoenix New Times, just like your Miami New Times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, San Francisco, New Mexico, and they all profile my life. So they knew about a lot of it. But right. The stuff I never said, and wow. the stuff I never told people about, Yikes. was in this book. I was done. The book was a recovery tool. It wasn't to me to go sell it, tell my story, and rat off all my friends. Right. Because I didn't do this alone. Man. You consider that a book or a journal, Garabo? I consider that a. Yeah. I could, well, I have an extensive journal. Can we say that? If it gets published, it's a book. So it sat in Google Drive for 10 years, and I'm in Boston, and the Boston Globe was profiling me. And so he's following me around. He's a really great writer. Everywhere I go, in the kitchen, over here, over there, I go, you know, it's driving me nuts. So I said, hey, do you know what? I got something that's going to answer a ton of your questions. And so I gave him this book. Right. He read the whole thing. He said, no, this is amazing. You really need to get this published. And I still didn't do it. And then the most terrible thing that's ever happened in my whole entire life happened like just a little bit, almost two years ago. And my son, 29 years old, he overdosed and died from heroin. 
and it ripped my heart out. Jesus. It did. It hurt me more than anything ever on earth. And I've been thinking about this, and I made it. I barely made it. You get these, whatever you want to call them, demons or yourself or whatever, just really bad behavior. I understood. We tried to help him. It didn't work. So I want to do my part. I want to do my part as a parent. I want to do my part as uh, an addict. Right. I want to do my part because our whole country is getting strung out on heroin. Right. I turn on the news and everyone's all worried about 16 people in San Bernardino. 52 kids this weekend are dead. Yeah. They're cool kids. They right. were just yeah. trying to have fun like the rest of yeah. us. Just south of the uh, Skyway, Bradenton and Sarasota, there's an epidemic. It, right you there. knew your son was on heroin? Oh, yeah. Okay. He's, he started with Oxys. He grew up in Scottsdale and North Scottsdale, and the people with the most money are worse than the ones that are broke. So all of his friends, they were all getting, he was going on and off of Oxys, and then he was smoking heroin. We were getting him off of that. Finally, I left Boston to go camp out at his house, and I spent an entire month there chasing the dealers away. And I know those guys, and I know how they roll. Right. They put it right under the mat, you know. It's so we, we went, that was hard, and I got him off of it. Then he got busted with, like, a grand on an Indian reservation, so he was going to go to court. He has a business, has lots of money, 29 years old, hires a great criminal attorney, and he was going to get off the hook. I've done weddings for the attorney general. Everybody in Arizona, I knew him, and they knew me, right. and I went and called up everybody I knew and said, he needs to go to jail because I can't sit here. Wow. I cannot babysit him. He's going to get it. He's going right. to get high. And the day before he went into jail, he got really high just to say, screw yeah. you, right. dad. Um, you know, right. He didn't want to get clean, sure. and he didn't like me making him. But- he still even wasn't my son then. So he goes to jail, does three months. I was there when he got out. And from then on, he went an entire year. I got my son back. He was so normal when he came out of jail. He went three months without doing anything. He made it a year in sobriety. We're so proud of him. He was just doing awesome. Unbelievable. And nobody knows why. Nobody has any idea. He went to bed with his girlfriend at 10 p.m. She gets up at 2 in the morning, and he's dead on the bathroom floor with a needle in his arm. And he, he, I talked to the medical examiner. He had no other puncture wounds. There was no heroin in his kidneys or liver. It went straight to his heart. So he had just decided, for some reason, to try heroin again. And the dose that he gave himself was the same that he used to do when his body's not used to it for right. a year, and he died. Man. And then you can turn on 60 Minutes, and you see parent after parent after parent that just went through what I went through. Right. Wow, man. Chef Todd Hall is in the studio with us, a gripping tale of his own overcoming addiction, losing his 29-year-old son uh, to heroin. Throughout that, balancing a career, a very successful career as a chef. And uh, how do you pull yourself up from that, man? I mean, obviously, you're devastated. I'm a father. My son is uh, 12 years old or 13 years old. He'll be 14 soon. Uh, how do you get past that? How do you forgive yourself? How do you... Uh, how do you give then put your, your heart and soul into, into a new venture? I know that I did everything humanly possible and probably illegal to try to get him to stop doing heroin. Right. And a lot of people helped me help him. Sure. And it, no one could stop me. Getting shot didn't stop me. Right. Um, losing job after job didn't stop me. And I couldn't stop him. So we're all born alone and we're going to die alone. Right. And people that come up with this reason or that reason, or he made me do it or she made it do it or no, man, it, we're all on our own on this. We yeah. all decide. We make our own choices. That's true. So 
that was my sobriety being able to say, no, I did this to myself, so I know that he did that to himself. Right. So that's number one. But at the same time, we're a real hoity-toity industry, the food and beverage, especially if you're on the Waldorf Astoria level and all the kind of resorts that I work at. Yeah. So everyone looks, oh, my gosh, drugs. Right. Your son died of heroin. Oh, I, of course, look where he came from, his, his father. Right. You know, and good. Let, let him think that. Sure. But that's what the book's for. That's why I'm sitting in front of you, Drew, because you know what? This is real. You guys, it's really happening. Happening yeah. right now, and no one's talking about it. Well, you started the conversation, that is for sure. And uh, I want to, I want to shift over to the to the restaurant here because I want to know about how you found Oldsmar, Florida, about how your ties to the area. And uh, I didn't even know City Fish was in trouble. I'd given to their brunch a couple of times, and it was a decent enough brunch. Their menu was okay. Uh, but uh, but what what led you to uh, to open up the restaurant Suegra Tequila Cantina soon uh, in that locale? Um. 30 years ago, I opened what was the only four-star Mexican restaurant in the world, La Hacienda, the Fairmont Scottsdale Princess. Okay. So I really love Mexican food. I've done a lot of time in Mexico. Um, And so since then, I've opened the Waldorf Astoria and Adobe Grill in Palm Springs, the Prado in San Diego, just did three Mexican restaurants in Boston. So I... They, they buy this concept from me. City Fish had been there for years, but it was time to move forward. They found a, a concept they liked. They had other people reach out to me. I came out, spent a week here, and I looked at the building, I looked at Tampa Road, and I looked at the whole area, and I liked the market demographic mm-hmm. because there's a lot of Latino folks, and there's a lot of Latinos that earn more than six figures. See? That's my market. Oh, yeah. So, And I also like the owners, Craig and Matt. They're yep. brothers from New York, and I got along really well with them. They own the Toasted Monkey, they own Rick's Reef, they own Screwy Louie's, all down on St. Pete Beach. Sure. So they're not into the big, huge restaurant thing like I am. Great. And it felt right. That's all. It felt right. So I said, okay, let's let's do a Mexican restaurant for you guys. Awesome. Well, listen, we look forward to checking it out once the doors are open, and I look forward to keeping tabs on you, young man, because I want to uh, I want to chart your. your sobriety, your accomplishments, your success, and uh, let you know that uh, that we're here to help in any capacity that we can. You're going to try one of those tacos and oh. give a real review on the air? <laughs> I absolutely am. A legitimate taco. Now, this is the carnitas right here? Yeah, there's oh. carnitas and antelope. Yeah, can you... I pitch my book? Yeah, pitch your book. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Hell yeah, I'm going to take a bite of taco. <laughs> you can get it on Amazon pre-sale right now. It should be out in a month or two. But it's uh, Appetites for Excess, a chef story. Mm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Drew's telling me to talk right now. That's a good title of a book. Appetite. <laughs> what was it again? Appetite for Appetite success. Appetite for success. That's great. And what kind of tacos were those again? What, what Carnitas. Kind of... That's pork. Excess, not success. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was an interesting kind of meat, though, right? Antelope. Right antelope. Yeah, Have that's... you ever had antelope? <laughs> no. Okay. How is it? I, no, that's oh, carnitas. Oh, you haven't had right. the antelope. No. I just had one of the antelopes. It's really, really good. Yes, yeah, Seth, you got one right there. God. We're in the, the interesting and unique era where people want an interesting and unique restaurant so they can order something interesting and unique and take a picture of it and put it on their interesting and unique Facebook page. All right. I am uh, I'm going to eat antelope. It's really, really good. Not gamey or anything. All it's right. really, really nice. I'm about to eat antelope, and I'm not lying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So That's there? nice, yeah. See, because I'm not lying. No, he, yeah, he, yeah, he, gave you, he gave you a courtesy you know, laugh. No, but you no, know, that, like, that deserved more yeah. than a courtesy laugh. I mean, well, if anybody's going to laugh, it would be John. And <laughs> yeah, all you got was a courtesy. I really, I, you, no, no, I felt it. No, you, but you didn't reflect that you felt yeah, it. Yeah, lions eat antelope, and you're not lying, thank but you you're going to eat antelope. Thank you for accepting the brilliance okay. of what I've you done bet. here. He, he understands it. He doesn't necessarily think it's funny, though. No, I did. Don't speak for him. Okay. It was great. Well, I can I can tell. Oh, man. How's the lope? It really isn't gamey at all. Like you would think. No, it, it's really. Where, good. where do you? Where, is there a local antelope farm somewhere? No, there is. It's Broken Arrow Ranch in Texas. Oh wow. Yeah. So they have like 
4,000 acres, and they have mm. so much great game. There's alpaca farms in uh, Odessa. Can you eat an I don't know if you'd want to eat an you alpaca. You know what? I've never seen alpaca. for I, The rugs are great. Yeah. And blankets and stuff. They got the damn llama-looking things right out there in Odessa. Here's Take what I've learned. Yeah. Anything you've never heard of people eating, there's usually a really good reason for that. There's <laughs> <laughs> mm. a reason I've never seen a snuffleupagus taco before. Uh, well, listen, chef. Phenomenal to see you. We will uh, love to have you back in and check in with you when the restaurant's about to open in or, a couple or months. Or when the book comes out in a or, little while. Exactly, yeah. when you do your book tour, because uh, you have a hell of a story, man, and uh, and we're proud of your success. Glad you're still walking around this earth of ours, and thank you so much for the great cuisine. You guys are cool. Thank you so much. No way you are. To be here. At Planet Fitness, a lot has changed since 1998, but our membership has always been just $10 a month. On June 28th, that rate will increase to $15 a month for new members. So if you've been thinking about joining, now is the perfect time to lock in $10 a month for good. Once you join, your rate will never increase for the life of your membership. Enjoy free fitness training and equipment for every workout all in the judgment-free zone for $10 a month. Don't miss out. Offer ends Thursday, June 27th. Rejoining after cancellation will result in change in membership price. See club for details.